Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. These conversations are about flying higher in endeavors that make a difference. Do the work you're meant to do now. It's time to be creative on purpose. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of Onward and Difference Maker Coach at Creative on Purpose. Visit creativeonpurpose.com to start stepping into possibility with a difference only you can make. This month, we're profiling members of the Difference Maker community at Creative on Purpose. Let's meet today's guest. Kathleen Odette, welcome to the broadcast. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where folks can go to learn more about you and the difference that you're making. Well, hi, Scott. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Kathleen Odette. I own a company called Your Authentic Image, and I help people get dressed from the inside out, meaning I help them show up and tell a true story about themselves verbally and non-verbally so that they can do work that matters. And uh, yeah, it's exciting, it's fun, it's a privilege, really. So I'm really interested in your the name of your business, which I really love. And so this idea of authentic image, what does authenticity mean to you? Yeah, I, I think authenticity and authentic is a bit of an overused word nowadays. So it's it's, uh, I think I've stepped into a more difficult realm with that word. But I still love that that it's the idea that you'll only know what's true for you and right for you when you know what's not. When you know mm. when you can spot a fake, then you know what's real. And uh, I also think that you know really showing up as the best version of yourself, which is a term I learned in the Kimball workshops and from you, is a way of being authentic. I love that idea that you shared about knowing what you're not, because I wonder what your experience is in terms of, is it easier for people to figure out what they, what, what feels inauthentic and whether it's about the way they're presenting themselves through their wardrobe or just in the way that they show up in their lives in general? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, it's your guy, Aristotle, that says, um, what one says and what one means do not always match. Mm. And I think when you come to that point where you recognize that's happening with your wardrobe and how you show up in the world, uh, you have to face the idea that some things are not working for you. And so you have to step into that confusing place and we're not always comfortable with that. And I think that's what prevents people from, from dressing authentically and other things too. Yeah, so it feels like just that quote and uh, the way that you're framing it, <clears throat> the, I mean, we can usually, I mean, we we get that sense of dissonance, like things are not aligned, there's a lack of harmony. And what is, what are, what, what is that doing to, uh, in terms of people like you and I who are trying to make a difference if we're not fully aligned in both who we are and the way that we're presenting out in the world. Yeah, I think that uh, the the tendency, right, is to, is to move away from that and to not engage with it. And uh, I think the only real change comes from just, just jumping right into it and, and facing the very next thing that comes up. Right. And mm. but for me, in my work, what comes up most is that people are afraid that if they work with me, I'm going to change who they are. 
And I'm like, well, only you can do the change. I can help facilitate it, but the change comes from you figuring out who you are and what you love and don't love, what works and doesn't work, and then and then going forward. But it's it's a step by step process, right? It's not I'm gonna I'm gonna turn you into this uh, thing I see on TV or some version of you that I see. It's it's not that. Not that answers the question, but that's I'm trying to get at something a little deeper. <coughs> Yeah, well, it just seems like so. With the people that you're working with, what's what's usually the biggest challenge? What's the problem that they are often experiencing, or the 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 the, the problem that you're solving for them? What, what are they? What when they come to you, where are they at in terms of recognizing mm-hmm. that this is a problem? Yeah, uh, on the surface level, it's just they're showing up and they're having that cognitive dissonance about something's not quite right about how I'm showing up or uh, my clothes may be preventing me from from giving the message that I want to give. Things are not in, in line with who I am. But I think on a deeper level, what happens is that people are not seeing themselves uh, the way other people see them or they're not seeing themselves realistically because... When, I, when we get to the point in the process where we're looking in a mirror, they come to their first place where they're standing in front of a mirror and I'm with them, they're saying things that are not true about themselves, mm-hmm. but they've said for years. And it, the, the reason I love the work I do is because I get the privilege of showing them, no, that's really not what I'm seeing. That's not what other people are seeing. Um, that may not even be a true story. And uh, let's look at let's look at yourself realistically. So it's getting them to that authentic place of seeing themselves, who they really are. Sometimes there are things that they're like, oh my gosh, that could I need to fix that, or that could this could be better, or whatever. But mostly it's stuff in their head that they need to so worry about. Would that be the biggest challenge that you face? Is this idea of the the inner narrative that there are that they're coming to you with, as opposed to the the narrative that they want to actually be expressing out in the world. That's it. That's the biggest challenge. That sounds like a huge challenge for you uh, to, to help people that are struggling with that. So what's the, what is, what's the process for helping people puncture through that negative, harmful inner narrative and start stepping into their authentic image? Yeah, well, I think it's the work you do too, right? You're in the coaching business. I'm coaching. I am most of the time getting some of that inner narrative to come out so that it can be addressed and uh, that we can talk about it and talk about what's coming up and is it real, is it not real, and where can we guide that to a different place or or, or get rid of it altogether. How can we let that story go so that the true story an authentic story can emerge yeah well i totally agree that that is a big part of any kind of coaching work is to help our clients see what they can't see in terms of the way that they're getting in their own way uh and you know once once that's revealed and nobody can unsee that this is now the, you know, the biggest problem oftentimes seems to be that we are complicit in getting in our own way or that we are putting obstacles in front of us that are 
that are inhibiting our ability to thrive, flourish, or make progress in, in whatever endeavor we're, we're seeking to make progress in. Yeah. yeah. So, and you've been, how long have, have you been doing this work? This kind of work for about 20 years. Wow. Yeah. And so in that time period, I'm imagining if uh, you are seeking to make progress and level up in that endeavor, as I know you are, uh, probably mistakes have been made. I'm wondering if you'd be willing to just share, it doesn't have to be the biggest or most embarrassing mistake, but a significant mistake that you made where you you know, were able to, and how you were able to recover, or if you weren't able to recover, What's the important lesson that you learned that you were able to leverage so that you could use it as a learning op opportunity to push your endeavor forward? Yeah. Well, I think number one would be that uh, there have been times when I haven't really listened to myself, listened to other people more than I have me, and that's taking me in, in, a, in a wrong place. Um, but I think that empathy piece that I've learned from you and from the Kimball workshops and from other people but really figuring out that it's it's the client and the customer that matters and that um, my message is to them and and their feedback is uh, is is what I want to honor and who I want to serve. So figuring out who who it is that I serve and doing that to the best of my ability has been a game changer for me because it's really what I've wanted to do all along, but you get caught up in the business thing of it. Mm. Like the business thing of like it has to look good and smell good and be look beautiful and all this and I'm like it, for me it just has to be real and authentic and uh, yeah I learned a lot from you I was reading your book the other day and I'm like I took a piece out of it and typed it up and put it in my desk so you know this stuff and and so I appreciate um, a lot of stuff I learned from you while I was in Akimbo you were one of the coaches and that was really, really helpful for me. It was a turning point. Oh, that's really very, very kind. What what was the Akimbo workshop or what Akimbo workshops have you taken? I, I believe you've taken more than one. Yeah, I've taken the marketing seminar and story skills. And I, I was in part of creatives um, for a while. So, and a lot of the work that that I do certainly has been um, influenced and inspired, and I've got insight from doing the work that I do inside of Akimbo as a coach, uh, and, and employing that and applying that to the work that I do at Creative on Purpose. Just wondering if if there's any. Uh, it sounds like, in particular, story skills must. Uh, have had an impact on the way that you approach the work that you do outside of the Akimbo universe? Uh, yeah, I think, um, well, I think that story skills was great for me because I am going to go more in a story direction with my business, all around the story that you tell yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but I've really been lately talking to myself and, and my clients about just being more curious rather than judgmental. And that's been a theme that I've been trying to do since um, like, I think September. I just had this thing. You had it in your book, but I, and I read it other places. Instead of um, being judgmental, just be curious. And particularly with my clients, they're very judgmental of themselves. 
They compare themselves with other people a lot. It's a huge issue in what I do, uh, including the vulnerability part around that and the empathy and the food. But just trying to find a solution to that is really to and then sinking into this curious thing. I don't know if that answers your question again, but um, something you said hit that button, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's, that's no, that's I really I love that because I feel like we live in a culture where certainty and judgment and kind of attachment to beliefs is rewarded even when those judgments don't have any those judgments and beliefs don't have any empirical support and no no, no actual factual or scientific proof we believe them because we believe them mm -hmm. and uh a lot of you know in your work where you're trying to help people express themselves authentically through their wardrobe uh just trying to break the status quo of their firmly held you know the, the beliefs that they've 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 been holding firmly for a long time and step into something uh that's more authentic but probably feels very uncomfortable because it's we spend so much of our time trying to fit in mm -hmm. to society to the system to you know the whatever people do and you know wherever we live it's it's got to be really really challenging to 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 help people pierce pierce through that kind of group think or uh just the status quo think um so any any tips or tricks or advice for people that don't have the benefit of being able to to work with someone like you how can people how can people start to think about even approaching expressing themselves authentically through the way that they present themselves in the world? Yeah, that's a big question. Um, I, I use the mirror as a metaphor in a lot of my work, but I think really just getting in front of the mirror at some point and being honest about what you see and how you feel. So there's this connection between your body and your mind, your body and your heart that needs to happen when you're in your clothes. And uh, your clothes are a second skin, so they're very close to you, right? So when you're in front of the mirror, you have the ability to say, is this me? How does this feel? So you know, I try and encourage my clients to like feel their way into their closet versus always just, then we get the thinking part, but they've been, become so disengaged from how clothes feel that sometimes I'll ask them, you know, to put something on that they love and I'll say, how does that feel? And they're like, well, it's okay. I like it. And I'm like, but you told me this was one of your favorite things. Like what, where's the disconnect? Um, so really just trying to see what you love, what you don't love and why is those are big questions when you're standing in front of a mirror, right? Cause how many of us can stand in front of a mirror uh, and be like, not be, and not be sort of like ah <laughs> yeah so this kind of reflects back to and i just caught myself 
and a pun, um, the, talking about the mirror <laughs> reflects back to what we were saying earlier about how so much of coaching in general is just to help bring to light, help reveal things that we've been, that are right in front of us all along, but we just have never been able to see them. Um, often, even when we've put those things in, in, in front of us. One of the things that I was really struck by on your website, and I, I hope I have all the, the terminology right is how you're trying to help people align in in the way they present themselves with through aligning mind body and soul do i have that right mm -hmm. that's right what is the part that is usually the most difficult to help bring into alignment or or to help people see and bring back into uh alignment with themselves well, it's an interesting question because my first answer would be their body. Uh, the number one shame trigger for women particularly is their body image and appearance. So all the stuff that comes up around that, but what comes up is in your mind, right? It's a mindset. Uh, so it's really for me, they're, they need to be aligned because they're not disconnected and they affect each other incredibly. Um, so having that alignment means that how you're thinking about yourself is also how you're feeling about yourself. So when you get dressed in the morning and you go out the door, you're not thinking about you or what you're wearing. You're thinking about other people because you've got this figured out and, it, and you feel good about it. And, and most of us don't. They're just like most people I work with are not don't. They have this uneasy feeling when they get dressed or they're looking in the mirror partway through the day or they're like, oh, why do I wear this? Or, someone comments or they just don't like it and there's that unaligned feeling but it's a hard one because i just don't think they're disconnected but i have to say the body is where we feel so much and our skin what i'm wondering is one of the things that <clears throat> that i've been uh thinking about a lot recently is and you mentioned mindset earlier <clears throat> excuse me and you know which comes first because there's the mindset the the way that we're making sense of ourselves and our situation our circumstances and other people and then there's the posture the way that we are approaching and presenting and it oftentimes i think people think okay i'll think it first i'll get my mindset right first and then i'll be able to act this way but i i'm finding more and more that it's far more expedient and helpful for people to start acting the way that they want to be yeah. and that the the posture informs the mindset then the mindset can inform the posture to be a little more confident or uh step a little bit more boldly yeah. or curiously or or what have you um but I haven't really thought about how the the, the spirituality you know or the soul piece mm -hmm. um, fits into that so where how do we get how do how do we in your work how do you get people to get more deeply in touch with that kind of more spiritual uh or soul part of their nature yeah that's a great question let me answer the first part which will carry into that which is i really believe that you're onto something with understanding that you can use something like your clothes as a resource to um, feel better 
about yourself. You can step into that before you actually feel the way that you want to feel about how you how you feel when you get dressed. Uh, so a lot of times with my clients, um, if I if I sense any sort of a, a depression, which is a soul thing, or I sense any sort of a, something's happened in their family or they're down or whatever, um, I will say to them, I, I'd like you to take black out of your wardrobe for about 30 days, <laughs> sometimes longer, sometimes shorter, but to take some dark, heavy colors out and to wear lighter colors and lighter fabrics and to really only wear clothing that you absolutely love. And we sometimes narrow down to just a few pieces, right? And I say, just do this exercise for me for this amount of time. And it, it's amazing what happens to their spirit, to their soul, that what's on the outside is actually worth going inside as well as the way I like to teach from the inside out, dress what's on the inside and the outside to feel believable. It works both ways. So I think that's that's the answer to the questions. You have to you have to be able to go both ways with it, inside and outside. Does that make sense? No, I think it's actually really brilliant. I mean, what you just said about uh, just helping lift someone's mood or to uh, create a little bit more optimism or a uh, sense of possibility in their mindset by just having them th be a little bit more thoughtful and intentional about even just the colors of the clothes they wear, not, not even the, the colors themselves. So this is this crazy question just popped into my mind. But one of the, you know, when you, when somebody is changing the way they present, changing their wardrobe, I imagine that um, it can it can be slightly terrifying, especially if there's a significant shift in the way that they're going to you know start putting themselves together. Is it is it easier for people to? explore doing that first in some place where they're they're not as likely to bump into the people that they bump into every day if they're going to try a, a new look or a, a, a you know just a new outfit or any anything like that no i don't think so i really uh encourage them to see as many people as possible when they're as, as we're going through the process and I do quite a bit of work at the beginning to build the trust with them so that what I'm saying to them is something that they want to do. And there's a sort of excitement that begins to unfold at the beginning, not the very beginning, but once we've gotten in the closet and with the clothes, where I can find one or two outfits, help them put that together, where they go out and they feel good, and then they get rewarded by what's coming back. So I actually encourage the opposite. I'm like, get out there and see as many people as you can. Because I know what I see. I trust what I see. And uh, and I trust their their sense of um, feeling good. I trust that. I see it. And I'm like, oh, they feel really, really good. So um, I'm excited about that. And I'm like, get out there. Get out there and go, you know. I love it. And I love that use the word excitement because excitement actually presents exactly the same way as anxiety in terms of the way it manifests in our body. Yeah. Uh, so oftentimes we can just flip the script in terms of, you know, instead of saying I'm feeling really anxious, you could just say I'm feeling really excited. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you, you're in a completely different mind space, a completely different mood for the way that you uh, go through, you know, go through your day. So 
as we're coming to the end of our time together, this uh, we are featuring members of the Difference Member community. You are a member of that community. You referenced our work uh, through Difference Maker Coaching um, earlier in the broadcast. Just curious if you'd be willing to share any specific or or general um, th thoughts or experiences around how being a part of the Difference Maker community has helped you continue to grow and develop and make progress in the difference that you're trying to make in the world. Yeah, I think that um, being a part of a community of people that are considerate of each other, which the group is, and uh, that, that hear each other, and have great input because they're out trying to do stuff that you're trying to do. They're out trying to make a difference and do work that matters. Uh, that's the key. And then to have a, a, someone leading it, like the way you lead in that group is phenomenal. And I've learned a lot from that, just watching how you um, lead. And you uh, and the fact, this last thing I'll say, but and the fact that you require it to show up. Like mm -hmm. you can't just come on your phone and listen in. You have to show up and be there and answer and be a part of the group. And I love that. And it was hard at first, but uh, but uh, now I like it. I really, like it. Oh, I really appreciate that. <clears throat> I do think it's so important. Well, this year in particular had, was a year that I just, especially beginning in March, decided I was going to double down on showing up for the people who are already who already surrounded me in the difference maker community. Um, didn't feel like I had to go chasing down new people because I had this group of people that were already eager to hear from me. And we were we've been able to organize more events and it has been really the most in Riching experience of my life to have this group of people make progress during this year where so many forces have conspired against us. Um, and it's just thrilling to, to every week when we, you know, whichever events people are showing up for, to just hear the little stories. It's, I find it very inspiring. Uh, to, yeah, exactly. So, in conclusion, I would love for you to just for the for the people tuning in live or or in replay, what's a, a tip that you would give or a piece of advice that you would share for anyone like you that seeks to continue to fly higher in the difference that only they can make? I would say to um Listen to yourself and be very careful about what you read and who you listen to, particularly in this year coming up. I love that. Yeah. One of the big themes in our community this year has been trusting yourself. And so trust yourself and be careful about who you're surrounding yourself with, for sure. Kathleen, it's been really, really great to catch up with you and to learn a little bit more about what you're up to these days. And we want to thank you, the viewers, for tuning in. Kathleen and I really appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention. We hope today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. You can learn more about Kathleen at yourauthenticimage.com. And of course, it's always great to see you at creativeonpurpose.com as well. Now, go out and make the difference that only you can make. Keep flying higher. 
Kathleen Odette, thanks so much for all the time that you uh, and, and expertise and wisdom that you shared with us here today. Thank you. It's been a privilege.